1: I'm station manager, Tina Cortez, and my co-host and real estate expert is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif.
2: Good morning, Tina.
1: Can we start with an update on the condo market right
2: here in York Region? You know what? It continues to fuel our housing market, and and as we see more and more condos come up in Vaughan, Richmond Hill, Markham, it's just adding to that, the fuel to the fire, because the condos have been hot. I mean, they're selling for 98% of list price, which is huge before people would be selling condos for 95, 96% of list price and now the days on market is down to about 30 days in in some areas where there's not a lot of condos like if you're looking at Stouffville or New Market that could hit about 75 days, 56 days but it, on average it's about 30 days to sell a condo which is a lot quicker than it used to be so you would describe those sales as brisk they are they're they're brisk and looking at inventory right now we have 70 units available in Markham, 56 in Richmond Hill, 56 in Vaughan. So those are our condo leaders per se. And that's, that's a pretty healthy amount of inventory for people to have a selection. You know, we have 362 av- uh, active listings right now and there's 194 sales. So within two months, the inventory is turning over. And is that unusual for this time of year? It is. Uh, You know, this time of year, because we had so much pent up demand from last year, it continues to be hot. The fall market, uh, you know, it's been anticipated that it's going to be just as strong as the spring market. And we've seen that continue. We've still got listings coming up. Uh, That's pretty rare for an October market, but you've still got listings coming up, you've still got buyers getting out there. There's homes that are selling within two weeks, condos within a month, and it's a very healthy market.
1: And what does that typical condo for sale look like? How big is it? What's the list price? Uh, what are the amenities like?
2: So the, the newer condo is much smaller than some of the So we're talking about new bills? The new bills are the new bills are leading the way. And the reason is because there's been so many of them and people have bought these three years ago, four years ago, you know, speculating. Now they're a year old or two years old. They've been rented out. People have made a lot of money on them. And now they're flipping them. So you're starting to see a lot of that. The average price is about 511000 for the region. The median price is just under that. It's about $495,000. And what does that get you? That gets you a, a one-plus-one, sometimes a two-bedroom. In the older buildings, you're getting a two-bedroom for just around that price, uh, maybe even a little bit less because they're older buildings, not a lot of amenities. Your your maintenance fees are pretty low on these, but you got to remember when you're looking at maintenance fees, you need to look at what it includes. The older buildings includes everything. So you've got your heat, your water, your hydro, all included. And if you're looking at the nearer buildings, everything's on top. So you might be paying $500 for your maintenance fees or $400 for your maintenance fees, but by the time you add everything on, it's it's all about the same. And what about in terms of price? Do you think it's going to
1: continue to go up in the condo market?
2: It will. It, there's there's so much demand right now. And you know, as we look at the first-time home homebuyers plan kicking in and people wanting to purchase a house for themselves, be it a detached home, a townhouse, or a condo, condos are still the affordable choice and there's a there's a lot of decisions that go in which are lifestyle decisions you know do you do you have the time right now to be able to get out and cut the grass or shovel the snow mm-hmm. and this goes into people's psyche as to when they're purchasing these products to say hey you know what i don't have time to do all that i really want to get into the housing market i'm going to go with the condo right now because i'm working two jobs and i don't have time to cut the lawn or i don't have time for gardening or You know, I don't want to change the roof in 10 years. This is all going into people's thinking and they're making lifestyle decisions to be in a condo.
1: Now, is that lifestyle decision more in tune with someone who maybe is on their own as opposed to a family? Are they building condos
2: to suit families? They are you see two and three bedroom condos uh, in some of the newer buildings, and they're pretty standard now, whereas before you didn't see that. but now with families moving into condos, you're starting to see larger units come up. these larger units i mean so we sold a three bedroom condo in a brand new building the other day, and it was only eight hundred and fifty square feet. so you have some other condos, some older condos in. You know, Markham, our feature listing today, our hot listing of the week, is actually a condo from Thornhill. It's fabulous. It's huge. And you're going to start to see more and more families go towards condos because of affordability and location.
1: And what about in terms of, speaking of location, what about that condo in downtown Toronto? Is the price per square foot continuing to go up?
2: It is. We're 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 starting to see price per square foot in the actual Toronto core hit $1,500, $1,800 per square foot. So if you're looking at 905 condos, they are the most affordable condos on the market right now.
1: When we come back, the mortgage, accounting, and financial services of Integrity Tree. Stay with us. You're listening to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 1059 the region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties.
2: Thank you, Tina. Joining us in studio is Asif Kasim from the Integrity Tree. Asif, thanks for coming back.
3: Thanks for having me here, guys.
2: You know, where there's so much information out there, Asif, about you know, affordability, what people can afford in terms of how much they make, and these numbers are all over the place because really I mean, values vary from, from area to area in the country. If we're looking at York Region in specific, if someone says, hey, ask if I make $100,000 or I make $80,000, what's the advice you give them as to how much home can they purchase?
3: Well, I was looking at the numbers, and for the York Region, $100,000 income is about average. That's uh, actually probably a little bit more than that, but so I lowered it a bit. And with 20% down, uh, about 120000 a consumer in York Region could probably purchase up to $600,000. There's a few estimates or assumptions in there uh, in terms of property taxes and heating costs. But pretty much if you have 100000 you can range up to about 600000 in purchase price.
2: That's that's awesome. I mean, so the mortgage is uh, maybe about four eighty for these people. Yeah,
3: it's about four eighty. I would say let's let's keep it between four fifty and five hundred. It really comes down to down payment. Uh, that's right. Four eighty would be the the high. Actually, not five hundred. Four eighty would be the top. So where I would go with this.
2: It's about four eighty. So I mean you're in York region you're looking at, you know, maybe some of the northern areas for a home or a condo in Markham, Vaughan, Richmond Hill. That's a, a very good price point to be able to afford a larger condo or even even a home in some areas.
3: Oh, for sure. I mean it's definitely not going to be in the core areas where the pricing price points are all well over eight, nine hundred. Uh but great starter opportunity for young families who have great income. I think it's a great opportunity.
2: And when we hear these reports in the media that, hey, you know, this family makes $75,000 and they can't buy anything, I mean, you can't buy anything in the big cities, so say Toronto or Markham or or Richmond Hill or Vaughan, but there's so many areas they can get to to be able to purchase that house. So if you want to be within a 20, 30-minute commute of these areas, there's so many options available.
3: There's lots of options available uh, anywhere. You're right, Toronto is very expensive. But if you look look at how the population growth has happened, people are starting to move out further east, west, north or south, or not really south there they'll, they'll be in the lake, but <laughs> north uh, and and they're getting to smaller homes, actually not smaller, larger homes that are a little bit more affordable in pricing but you do have to have a commute. That's that's how it works. So
1: that's part of the compromise. Yes. Now in terms, you know, here we are in the middle of an election campaign. We don't exactly know, depending upon who gets into power, you know, who the next government will be, what it's going to mean in terms of the housing market. What are your thoughts?
3: I think we have to wait and see because as with all elections, people make a lot of promises. And it doesn't matter which government we vote for. Whoever comes in, no matter what they say, we have to see how it acts actually plays out and, and how that'll impact rules and regulations, first time home buyers, will they increase the uh, amortizations up to thirty for insured? Will they lower the stress test? There are so many things that people promise, but until you're actually in there, we won't really know.
2: And and I said just just on that, so the first time homebuyers plan has just been put into place. Do you see a new government maybe getting rid of that or or expanding on it and if it's not a new government if it's the existing government do you see them adapting some of the proposals by the other two parties to say hey you know that 30-year amortization might actually work so why don't we put that into place do you see any of that happening
3: I don't think if any, it doesn't matter what government goes in place. I think that new incentive program is here because they've allotted the money and it's a three-year program anyway. I think what could happen, regardless of who's in place, there will be an adjustment because it's been a hot topic for the last two years, really. And I believe the government has seen such a slowdown in real estate from the standpoint of uh, it's not as hot as it used to be and they may not be collecting as much money as they used to. So they might... Tweak it so they can collect a little bit more.
1: Now, Asif, your expertise is in the mortgage area, accounting, financial services. We're heading into the last quarter of twenty nineteen. What financial advice do you can you offer someone who wants to jump into the housing market in 2020? How do you save and how do you learn how to budget?
3: I think the first thing to do is do a financial check on yourself. So really sit there and look at your budget. Take a look at what is your income level, what are your debts going out. Actually write down a budget. Work with a professional that will help you analyze your spending habits. And then I think that's the biggest problem for most spenders. They don't realize how much money they spend. Spend on a daily basis, I, I uh, encourage everybody to take a look at your debit account for the last month just to see how many times you hit Starbucks, like myself. So it, you'll be amazed at how much money, if you put that aside, how much more money you can have as a down payment. Also, doing a credit check would be very important. Make sure you understand how your credit looks and if there are things that need to be tweaked.
2: And now, if Our listeners want to get this information about this credit check or their spending habits. Would they be able to work with someone from your firm to be able to help them out?
3: For sure. We we would sit with you and we would analyze all of your incomes, debts, and we'll help you with a budget. We'll help you with investing, help you with your accounting because taxes is a major portion of everything. So at uh, our firm, we'll be able to work with you on that stuff.
2: And and on that, like if we were to go with a 30-year amortization, that extra Starbucks coffee could result in you getting more of a home. Oh definitely. So what would be the difference between say a four hundred and eighty thousand dollar mortgage, roughly a four hundred and eighty thousand dollar mortgage on a twenty five year AM versus a thirty year amortization?
3: Uh well it- I've worked the numbers based on a 480 using a 30-year amortization, but if we had to drop it back, probably down looking at a, maybe a 440, 420 in that range. So we could it could be a $20,000 difference.
1: Now, before our listeners walk into Integrity Tree, what kind of information are you expecting from them right out of the gate? How much information do you need when someone walks in the door in terms of their spending habits?
3: It's definitely full transparency, and, and that is a big big deal often on a high level they will forget or negate to tell us certain things and then once the truth comes out it changes the entire picture so transparency is first and foremost understand your income understand how you're paid if you get uh, a salary or if you're hourly if your taxes are paid on source or if you're self-employed or if you're commissioned it's all looked at differently from the government. And and with the new rules and regulations, uh, there's a difference between if you're self-employed and if you are salaried and how things are calculated.
1: And what about things they should be doing before they even walk in the door to see you? So should I be just using cash, getting rid of my credit card, getting rid of my debit card? What advice do you have for someone before they even come to see you?
3: I would highly recommend paying down credit cards. Credit cards are probably one of the biggest challenges for most consumers. They have more unsecured debt in society today as opposed to secured uh, secured debt, I would recommend paying down as much unsecured as possible. I would also recommend putting aside money for yourself for down payment and uh, closing costs because that's going to come up at some point in time.
2: And, and also I've heard not only paying down credit cards but maybe lowering limits because isn't the entire credit limit looked at
3: during your qualification process? Typically what happens, your credit score is based upon utility usage. So if you have, for example, a $1,000 credit card uh, and you're using less than 50%, that's a good thing. If you're using more than 50%, that's a problem. So on one hand, it's not a bad idea to lower the amount of credit cards you have. The flip side is if you lower your limit and you're maxed out, it still looks bad.
2: Uh, So that's great information and uh, I'm sure the phone will be ringing after you uh, get off the air here. If people want to give you a call or get in touch with you, how can they do
3: so? They can reach us at www.integritytreat.ca.
2: When we
1: come back, we get to your real estate questions in this week's hot listing. And just a reminder, if you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com for a replay. Stay with us. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 Region. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Time now for our listener questions, and the first one comes from Lindsay in Thornhill. She wants to know if she should sell her current home before buying a new one, and how does bridge financing work?
2: Great question, Lindsay. And it really depends on the timing. It depends on which market you're planning on buying and selling in, because there are pros and cons to buying and selling. Uh, you know, in, in either at the same time or selling before you buy. And it takes a lot of coordination, doesn't it? It really <laughs> does. And it, it what it depends on is supply and demand. So if you are in a market where there's very limited supply, you want to grab that house right away because otherwise you may be scrambling and have to settle. If there's a lot of supply, if there's a lot of inventory on the market, now you've got your choice. So you want to be able to sell because that's going to, the inventory is also going to affect your sale. You want to make sure you sell and get the right price because if there's a lot of inventory, you purchased first, now you're scrambling and saying, I'll just take whatever price because I need to close on my house. So it depends. It depends what type of house you're looking for or condor you're looking for. It depends when it is in the market and the area. So once we can determine the inventory levels, the supply and demand issues, we'll be able to point you in the right direction there.
1: Part two of Lindsay's question had to do with bridge financing, and lucky for us, Asif decided to stick around and take this one on. What is bridge financing? How does it work?
3: Well, bridge financing is basically where when you sell your home after your closing of the new home. And so the closings overlap. And as a financing specialist, we often recommend it because most clients today don't have the ability to move, in, move into one property and move out of another property all within 24 hours. Very, very difficult to do, especially with kids today. So we always recommend Take a day, uh, take a few days, maybe a week to close after you've taken possession of your first home or this new home. Now, bridge financing is essentially where, if you have enough equity in your home that you're selling. Well, you need that money for the down payment. What happens is the bank will lend that money as a down payment for that one week of time at a minimal cost. It's actually relatively inexpensive, but they will lend the money as a down payment up front because the person you bought the the home from, they're waiting for that money as a down payment.
2: And and also, I mean, one important thing to note is there is a cost of bridge financing, but it's not as significant as suppose there's a delay in the bank sending the money to the law firm and and you getting your deal closed. There's a domino effect because other people are waiting for this money to come in. It could end up costing you on a per-deem basis a lot more than what the bridge financing would cost. And bridge financing also allows you time to be able to go in after the move and clean up a little bit for the new owners because you don't want to have garbage left behind and then the new owner is going to be sending you a bill for $3,600 to to throw all the stuff out. So, you know, there's a, a minimum charge for bridge financing, but but it is just that. It's minimal and it helps you to make that move a little less stressful.
1: And is it something that you have to budget for because it could or couldn't happen? You may or may not need it?
3: I would say there's a very minimal budgeting because the costs are so minimal. Uh, what I would do is when you're speaking with your mortgage professional, ensure you have that conversation in advance to let them know that you plan on closing or you're closing your sale after your purchase so that they're aware so that they can go back to the lender and negotiate with them. Because th- something that some people don't know is not every lender does bridge financing.
1: And oh.
2: people have to qualify for bridge financing, so it's it's a separate qualification process
3: as well, yeah exactly, yeah,
1: so there's a lot that seems to happen here
3: <clears throat> and and it's also based on do you have a firm sale, So I can give you an approval for your new purchase. I can't give you bridge financing unless you have a firm sale on the uh property you're selling.
1: So who's going to hold someone's hand through this process? Is it the, the broker that's going to be with them? Who is it, Asa?
2: It is. the. I mean, the, you can talk to the realtor and they'll be able to point you in the right direction to say this is when you should buy and this is when you should sell. But the mortgage broker is the one that's going to be you know, putting everything together because it's an entire package. It's not only your financing, it's your bridge financing, and they put it all together and Tie it all in. All right. Our next question comes from Jamie and Markham. He wants to know, how long should a seller
1: take to respond to his offer, and what are the next steps if the offer is rejected?
2: Again, great question, and and this is why we have the irrevocable when we send in offers. The seller has to respond by that time. You're going to get sellers that will reject offers or they'll counteroffer, but say they do reject it or say the irrevocable has passed, if the irrevocable is passed, the offer is pretty much null and void. So you can resubmit. If they're signing it back to you, they they may want to change the irrevocable or they will change the irrevocable and send it back to you. But you always have the option to send in another offer if your offer is rejected. It may have been, but you need to find out what why it was rejected. Was it for price? Was it for closing date? Was it for some of the, the terms in Schedule A? You want to be able to navigate that properly and your realtor will be able to tell you what it was because the realtors are going to be speaking to each other about what it is uh, that the seller is looking for and once you know you can always resubmit with either a higher price or a different closing date or change some of the terms just
1: before we go this week's hot listing and asif what have you got for us
2: you know uh, the, the theme of the show seems to be condos and we have an amazing condo that has just hit the market it's in the royal orchard community in thornhill it's huge for condos this is huge it's a two-bedroom property it's 981 square feet and on top of that there's a 119 square foot balcony so that's great if you if you want to entertain out there you can set it up and it gives you the best of both worlds it's like having a bungalow in the sky or it's one level living and at the same time if you're familiar with the inverlochy buildings the the lands are meticulously landscaped. There's a brand new tennis court that's been redone. You you've got access to this special club that everyone in the area belongs to, and that's included in your maintenance fees. But it gives you access to a pool. It gives you access to a rec center, the tennis courts. It's just a fabulous little enclave in. The Royal Orchard area. And so,
1: where exactly is Royal Orchard in Thornhill?
2: It's uh, Young Street south of Highway 7.
1: And is this an older building? How would you describe the building to our listeners?
2: It's an older building, but it's been maintained like it's a brand new building. You walk in, and and you've got this beautiful foyer that draws you in. You've got uh, you know people that set up outside, and they're sitting outside on the lawn enjoying the the grounds. You've got people playing tennis it's just a really nice feeling to be in this building so this two bedroom condo has been all redone it has a couple of bathrooms one and a half bath and they've all been redone the kitchen's been renovated crown moldings new laminate flooring it's move-in ready and and they've also put in benjamin Moore paint so designer paint that's just been freshly done and it gives you the option of having a small family move in you've got your own parking spot it's listed for 469 Wow, what a great list price. And the highlight of this property is that the maintenance fees include everything. You should be paying less than $900 for heat, hydro, but not only the, the normal inclusive uh, things, but you've also got cable TV and internet included in this property.
1: That's too good to be true. Okay, uh, so if our listeners want more
2: information, where can they go? They can contact AJ and at 905-554-5522, and go visit them at an open house Sunday, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m.
1: Okay, the open house is tomorrow. And Asif, if our listeners want to connect with you directly, how can they do
2: that? They can reach me at 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426.
1: That's our show for this week. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Khan or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening.